Hi, I'm Jen Turner, and I'm a psychic medium. Hi, I'm Nadia Thorman, and I'm like the Ryan Seacrest to her Teresa Caputo. And we're here to have a normal conversation about weird stuff. Welcome to The Soul Spot. Hello, friends. Hello, everyone. How's it going, Jen? It's good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. You know, I want to tell you something. What? I had a couple girlfriends over last night, and I did some saging on my house. Good. And I did some saging on them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had them, one of them do saging on myself. They had, I had one of them sage me. That sounds like a good Maribel time. Maribel saged me. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good time. How'd it go? Um, you know what? It was really good. It was really good. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was really in the moment, and it was kind of like immediately afterwards I felt so much lighter. Yeah. And I think that's the trick with all of this stuff is that your intention and your energy is kind of in that space, right? Yeah, and there's something that's like immediately gratifying about staging, and I feel like Reiki is very similar too. There's um, like you get the effects kind of right away from it, and then they wear off, you know? right. It's hard to stay in that space. Yeah. And so, like, even with this aging and stuff, like, for the majority of it, you know, you can get a lot done in the first kind of go around, but then there's always touch-ups needed and stuff. Right. So, anyways, I it was a good time, but I thought you'd be proud of me. I'm really proud of you. I've been <laughs> um, saging. I actually just saged this room yesterday. And, um, and yeah, I've been doing more and more client houses, which has been really fun and so interesting. And it's made me really, it, it makes me feel like I am flexing a different muscle with the, with the cleansing of the houses because you read the energy of the space, not the person. Oh, interesting. So it's really, it's different, but it's really cool. Yeah. You know, so you, there was like lots of past things that come up, like, um, I could hear like doors slamming and like voices raised wow. and stuff. And, and I'm like, this is so weird because it's the space that's holding that information for me. It didn't feel like I was getting it from the person. Oh, that's you know? wild. And I feel like we can, we all experience that sometimes, right? When you walk into a room and it feels heavy or it feels light or it feels whatever. So it's, it's kind of like a, it's a different, it's like very, very different. And one thing I'm going on a tangent yeah. here, but it was kind of cool is that we, there was one room or one space in the house and I was like, it doesn't feel like your imprints here. Interesting. And it was like the place that they didn't connect with the most. Okay. So I'm like, you're not here. You're not like your energy's never really been welcomed here. So oh, it was wow. really weird that I could like feel that, you know, cause you can kind of sense people's energy or their, like where their energy was. Totally. So I know when you do saging, you do like house clearings and try to rid the house of energy or maybe spirit activity. So for me, what I did last night was I was just literally trying to clear the negative energy out of my house. Perfect. You know, and I feel like, I mean, if you listen to our podcast last week, it was a week. You had your come to Jesus talk with me. Yeah. There was a lot of heaviness in my life. I feel like I really needed to let go of. Yeah. So there was a lot of intention behind it. And I feel like, I mean, ever since last week, (laughs) a lot's changed. Um, but I made some really tough decisions that I had to grieve and I had to kind of work through and I, I do, I do feel better and lighter now. I do feel, I don't doubt that I made the wrong decisions, you know, but it doesn't mean it wasn't hard. No, it's totally hard, but you listen to yourself and then now is a time, I think it's actually a perfect time to sage or to cleanse because the decision has been made and now we can just kind of like 
release all the tension and the negativity that was surrounding it and the stress around it right. and kind of start this new chapter. Right. And that's know? what I really needed to do. So it did feel like just the ritual of it yeah. actually felt like really meaningful. Like, okay, I can finally let this go now. Yeah. So, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. It was good. Well, we have a, um, a fun episode that I think a lot of people need in their life right now. We're going to talk about mindfulness. Yeah. I know it's come up on a lot of your readings. So many. And I think just like day to day there, and there's been more, it's become like more common or more on trend, if you will, of, of like mindful living and mindfulness. And so we're going to talk about how that kind of relates to spirituality because I really do believe they go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Should we get into some reading of the week? Yes. All right, let's do it. Okay, so this reading of the week was honestly probably the hardest mediumship reading I've ever done. It was so intense. It was challenging for me. I left like very drained, but also like really like my faith in all of it even more renewed. So it definitely has like a happy ending, but but it was somebody new I had never met and um, and it was a mediumship reading over the phone. So it's kind of like the most, I guess like the most fragile that I feel or like the most insecure that I feel, you know, it's always so amazing to me that you can get these strong and amazing readings over the phone. I know it's kind of like old hat at this point, but I think a lot of people don't realize that you can get it just as strong over the phone. Right. Right. And you know, it's funny that you say like the old hat thing, because I have done so many of these over the phone, but it still feels like when I'm connecting with them over the phone or even in person, that it's like all new again. So as much as you can practice the skill and the tool and like the way your brain works or the more open I get, it's literally as, I mean, you're meeting different people and it's not just one person. You're meeting spirit from the other side and like the new person either on the, like your client. So it's a, it's, you're coming into a new dynamic every single time it's a new dynamic so it's, so the nerves are still there. They, they subside within like a minute, but it's like leading up to it. it I still get nervous when it's a new person doing a medium read. And oh, so, funny. so anyways, but so I got her on the phone and like the biggest thing for me is like, okay, who's connecting here? And I give my spiel of like how I can't really control who comes through and everything. And then I was like, I know that this would be, you know how I always say I get like male or female first. So I'm like, it's a male and it's of your generation. So I know that it would be the same like age range as her. And this has happened to me before and it's so weird, but I'm like, I feel like, is this a significant other on the other side? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay. And you don't want to, you know, you want to be able to connect so strong that it's like, this is just who it is. And I'm like, would it make sense to you that there's a male your age on the other side? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, and this isn't a crush or anything. She's like, no, I'm like, okay, this is your brother. And she's like, yes. And it's not the first time that I've gotten the same or the opposite gender siblings Mm -hmm. confused with significant others because the relationship is so close. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's so hard to explain, but it's like, I knew they, I knew they lived together. Right. So you're getting like the domestic aspect of it. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's hard, but it's a good tool for me. Like it was a good reminder of like, okay, don't always just assume it's a spouse, like give it time and sink into it a little bit. But then she says, um, is there anyone who's with him? And I'm like, yeah, he's with another male, his generation. (laughs) Like, I was like, 
are you sure you don't have a spouse? And she's like, no. I'm like, oh, is this his spouse? I'm like, he's, is this his spouse? And I was like, oh wait, slow down. I remember what you just learned. And I'm like, right. Is this another brother? Um, and she said, yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's crazy because I mean, and it's devastating. It's so sad. She lost both her brothers within like a year and a half of each other. Um, they had, they were older, but it still, you know, is very painful, but it was crazy that that was kind of, you know, when I was saying that that's when my nerves are the highest and you're just kind of going and it's like, okay, I feel this way. I feel this way. Like, I hope that this makes sense. And then it was like, oh my gosh, like crazy that there was, that both of them are on the other side and some wonderful, beautiful messages came through. Like he was, he was showing music and he ended up being a musician and he was telling her like, thank you. And she took care of him. So it ended up being like a very, like amazing, beautiful reading. And, um, and there were some like really cool validations of him, like loving coffee and being in Spain and having a plaque dedicated to him. So there was like some great detail that came through, but because these were two men on the other side, it was like just the communication was very broken. So I was like, this is the hardest I've ever had to work to like get the communication going. So it just took a lot, but it ended up being beautiful. And I'm like, it's a weird, I mean, I'm always learning, but it was like good lessons of like, you know, assume nothing, I guess. And just like trust spirit because what they're giving you is always something, right? It's always something. And I could be getting it wrong, but I know that they're not giving it to me for nothing, you know? Sure. Wow. So that's it. That's really cool. Okay, so let's talk about mindfulness. I want to read this little definition of mindfulness from a neat article I found, and it goes like this. Mindfulness is a pretty straightforward word. It suggests that the mind is fully attending to what's happening, to what you're doing, to the space you're moving through. That might seem trivial, except for the annoying fact that we so often veer from the matter at hand. Our mind takes flight, we lose touch with our body, and pretty soon we're engrossed in obsessive thoughts about something that just happened or fretting about the future, and that makes us anxious. Mindfulness is the basic human ability to be fully present, aware of where we are and what we are doing, and not overly reactive or overwhelmed by what's going on around us. It's so wonderful. That's a great definition of it. And I think it's like so many people need to hear this right now. Yeah. I feel like we are caught in this hamster wheel state of being right now. And we're constantly obsessing about the future, Mm -hmm. obsessing about things that we cannot possibly predict. Right. And I feel like now more than ever, putting this into practice is so important. And this applies to every aspect of one's life. Mm -hmm. And like when we were talking about this being the topic of the episode, um, I did some research and they, one of the things that came up a lot was actually eating for mindful eating. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting because I think we all know that feeling of like, Oh wait, I'm like not even enjoying or paying attention to the bites that I'm taking. And like, it's actually kind of funny because you know, with like the COVID thing, how they say that like one of the symptoms is like not being able to taste. Right. Sometimes I will complete a meal and be like, oh shoot, did I not taste? Did I not taste? And then I'll taste. I'm like, oh no, no, no. I tasted it. Because you're on autopilot. Because you're on autopilot. You're not like in the moment or present. Mm -hmm. And that applies to so many different areas of our life. Um, so yeah. And I think it absolutely goes hand in hand with spirituality. Right. Of course. You know, it's like being in the present moment, looking at what's in front of you, like this is your life. 
Your life isn't an end goal. Your life isn't about what's going to happen tomorrow or a year from now. Right. If you're not living your life in a day-to-day or moment-by-moment basis, you're not living. And it's so easy to say that, and it's it's really hard to put into practice, but that is the reality, right? Totally. It's like... Put down your phone, put down whatever thing you're obsessing about, put it out of your brain and pay attention to what's actually in front of you. And just be here. Be here. And when you can be mindful like that, and honestly, like meditation is a great way to get there, but when you can actually start incorporating that into your day to day, and like I'm I'm certainly not like mindful at every moment, but I can snap out of it. I'm like, oh, okay, like I wasn't paying attention that I need to like be more present. And um and I think when you do that, the anxiety lessens. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know how to get yourself back on track. So when you're starting to go down the rabbit hole of like, that didn't go well, that's not what I wanted to say, that's not what I thought it was going to be, what is tomorrow, what is this, then you can kind of like snap back and be like, all I have is right now. Right. And um, one thing too with the spirituality and the mindfulness that goes hand in hand is um, I think that, for example, like to be mindful, okay, to be like really present And to be like, have a calm peace of mind because you're living in the moment. That's when the spiritual hits come. You have to come from that. Like you have to be in that state of mind in order to like open up to spirit, whether it be intuition, whether it be mediumship. I mean, you never need to do a reading in your life, but for you to be able to be like connected to spirit and to God, I think you really do come from that place. So there's that aspect. And then on the flip side of it, is that if the if the spiritual stuff comes first where you're like a very spiritual minded person and you trust that like everything has a reason and you trust the course of action then you are more mindful so it goes hand in hand right it's really funny you say that because i feel like that is so applicable to so many things like it's like take this take care of your spirituality first, yeah. right? And the rest will follow. Right. Because what you're saying is just you cannot be in that space and not be mindful. Exactly. You know, I want to read you um, this quote I found. I was reading, I kind of went down this rabbit hole. Have you heard of Mark Williams? He was a professor of psychology um, at Oxford, and he wrote all of these great books on mindfulness. It's not, yes, yes, yes. Yes, okay. wait a minute. I may just have downloaded a book of his. <laughs> That's so weird. Talk about synchronicity. Right? Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I didn't know about him until, you know, this week. But I was reading some of his stuff and some of the things he said, and he has some great little sound bites that I just want to share with you guys. But this, to me, is, like, so, you know, amazing. Pure awareness transcends thinking. It allows you to step outside the chattering negative self-talk and your reactive impulses and emotions. It allows you to look at the world once again with open eyes. And when you do so, a sense of wonder and quiet contentment begins to reappear in your life. Uh, I love I mean, that. that's so, like, deep and wonderful, and, like, that's also just it, right? Like It's totally it, and I'm, like, literally trying to find my, um, my Audible to show you that I think I just downloaded his, but I can't find it right now. Okay, the idea that mindfulness is different than thinking is, like, bingo. Yes. Right? Like, yes. when he said that, it's like, yes, that's a perfect way to define it. It's mindfulness is paying attention. Yeah, it's awareness. It's listening instead of talking. It's all of those things, right? And it's, like... The perfect example, this happened to me right before I came over here today. 
um, Emmy was kind of like, you know, she's usually on a loop talking about a million different things at once, right. as she does. Right. She's and, six and a half. <laughs> and she's precious and darling, but it's like, you know, if you have a kid that age, they do not stop talking. I mean, we went through this right before you came to. And it's really hard when you're trying to get anything done because your thoughts are not, you know, where they quote, need to be, you're trying to, like, do your to-do list, whatever. It's very hard to focus. Yeah. It really is. So she was kind of, like, trying to tell me about something. And I kind of exasperatedly looked at her, and I was like, wait, wait, what What are you saying to me right now? Just be, I'm like, you know, Mommy's trying to, you know, read this or do something, whatever. Yeah. And I, I did give her a little bit of this, like, agitated blow-off, as all moms do, let's be fair. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we just went through this. Um, so... She looks at me, and oh my gosh, bless her. Like, she's an angel. She goes, never mind, Mommy. I just wanted to tell you that I loved you. <laughs> like, Dude. I died. First I died. Then I resurrected. And then I said, come here. Let me, come give me a hug. And I, I said, know. and I put down everything I was doing. And I was like, tell me anything you want. Yeah. But that's that's it right there, right? That's totally it's like, it. But also, in all fairness, Avery does that shit. And it's like, uh, that's not what you wanted to say. No. You wanted to tell, you wanted to give me a play-by-play <laughs> about, like what you just watched on your iPad or something, no, you know? And totally. Like, I mean, it's so easy to be cynical about it, and I totally <laughs> am all the time. But the reality is I'm, like, recognizing that this is, like, this precious moment in time. It totally is. You're Pretty not, we're not going to have she's going to be one. a teenager yeah. who, like, yeah. is not going to be telling me that. I know that. I'm not an idiot. I know. <laughs> you know? It is so precious. So it's kind of like be here in this moment right yeah. now, you yeah. know? As much as I can. Like, you know, nobody's perfect, but it's just about you know, kind of like sorting out what's real and what's not. What's important is spending time with people you love. What's important is having a moment of joy in the day where, you know, you laugh and you play or whatever that looks like for you. What's not important is all of this other stuff that we are obsessing about for the future that we can't do anything about right now. And it's weird because it kind of becomes like a disease where it's like, it's like, or it's like cutting. It's like emotional cutting where it's like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I have to do this. And it's like, this is going to make me feel better. And you're like, actually, none of that is, none of that is contributing to like my greater spiritual being. And like with the kid thing, I mean, I am so there with you. Avery does not stop. I get play by plays (laughs) on absolutely everything. And it always starts with, Hey mama, Hey mama, Mm -hmm, Hey mama. mm -hmm. And so now she's met with what? Yes. What do you want now? Speak, child. And then it's, like, so sad because all they want is, like, the attention and to feel connected. So it's, like, and they need to feel heard. So, I mean, totally lesson, like, it's a good reminder for me (laughs) because it's so hard. But, yeah, like, the mindfulness, being present, being in the moment. And there's a lot of mindful meditations. Have you, like, are you, well, you know about these, Yes, yes. So that's kind of, I think, like, probably the most common thread of meditation is, like, the mindful meditations, right? right? Of being present, like, connecting with your body. How does your body feel? Like, connecting with these, like, real-time sensations and the noises around you and the touches and, and, and being, like, focused on a mantra or something to be to kind of train your mind to look for, like, mm-hmm. gratefulness or whatever it is to, like, train your mind. So it's interesting because none of that actually has like a spiritual thread to it. Like they're not usually talking about connecting with God or connecting with spirit or the universe. Like they're talking about just connecting with yourself, right? you know, but I think anybody who's like woke to like spirituality like this, it's like, it's the same thing because God is within yourself. So you're connecting with yourself and tapping into that same power, 
you know? I love it. Totally. Another really cool thing that if you guys want to look into Mark Williams and his work, um, I just, a brief overview is that he's done a lot of studies about how mindfulness meditations correlate with less depression, better levels of mental health. Like there's so many things that, um, obviously contribute to your overall well-being, but he's made a life of studying it like scientifically, which is totally cool. And I love it because it's like, I love when these two worlds meet yes, and you see that it's like, this isn't just like woo woo nonsense. This is literally like, these are key elements to being a whole human and overall healthy being, right? It's like, it's the highest form of self care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's like a, um, you and I talked about this before, but there's an interesting overlap between psychology mindfulness and spirituality, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, so much, I feel like of what I do is, especially with the intuitive reads, it's therapy. Like it's like psychiatric therapy, even though I'm not a psychiatrist, oh, for you know? Sure, yeah. And, and so it's the way that the mind works. So mind brain, right? Like tomato, tomato. <laughs> so it's like, okay, let's, let's talk about the mental health aspect of, of humans and the human experience that in my opinion, can't go like, can't be a solo conversation. When you're talking about like mental health, you're talking about mindfulness because you're talking about what you're thinking. Right. And then you're talking about how you're thinking. And then you're talking about like the greater purpose of things. So like the psychiatric and like the, the psychological aspect of it is so fascinating to me because it really is kind of rewiring. And there's been so many studies based on this, but like literally rewiring your brain to think more positively Mm -hmm. or to give more gratitude or to look at somebody. And like my husband and I always talk about this is like, it's kind of how you frame it, right? Like it's like what you choose to see you. There's good and bad in absolutely everyone, everything, every situation there's good and bad. It's what you choose to look at. Right. right? And that's the mindfulness piece. Obsessive thoughts, fear-based thinking, anxiety about things that haven't happened yet. Those are all the exact opposite of mindfulness. Yep. And so all of that comes from a place that's actually not real Yeah, because it hasn't, these things haven't been present in your life yet. You know, we're not talking about things that are actually happened to you, happening to you in the moment, right? Like obviously there's things in our life that are awful and terrible that we need to like mourn and grieve and that we are present for because they are in real time. Like that's a real thing. But the thing that most of us deal with on a daily basis that is, it's, we're not aware of it. It's a subconscious poison is that anxiety brain. It's the hamster wheel. It's all of those obsessive thoughts. And most of those thoughts are fear-based. Mm-hmm. They're based on things that happened in our past or things that haven't happened yet. Like bingo. Because when you're talking about the anxiety, the anxiety is totally future events, right? But there is a huge element of people worrying about the past or reliving the past too. So either way, you're not present, right? right. Either and way, you're obsessed like, about the past or you're worrying about the future. This isn't. This is no easy feat, right? It's like, especially if you experience some crazy level of trauma or loss, this is going to be a conscious thing you have to practice. And that's yeah. where like the meditation and all that stuff comes in. It has to be something you give yourself room for every day. It's a, you know, it's a self-care ritual. It's a practice. Nobody's saying it's easy, but it's like so important. It is. And I actually had this like epiphany last week. Feel me on this. Okay. Is that I have my whole life been like a really crazy procrastinator. 
And I mean, I procrastinate a lot and I started realizing like, cause I, I was trying to get ahead of myself this week, like with the kids, like school and all that. I'm like, okay, I got to get like ahead of this and I couldn't do it. I just could not get there. And I'm like, why is this so hard for me? Why is this so hard for me to prepare a week? Like, I don't get it. And then I was like taking a shower and I was in a meditative state and I was like trying to kind of give myself self-love about it because I was feeling kind of guilty that I can't like, why can't I get my shit together enough to like get my kids to school on time every day and like all this stuff. And then I was like, I, this is a choice. I think that I've chosen not to, because if I allow that thought in right now, it's going to cause me anxiety. Right. It feels overwhelming. So I'm like, I will cross that bridge when I get there. Uh Uh-huh. And I even said to you, remember you were asking me like what I was going to do with school decisions. And I was yeah, like, yeah. well, the kids' school is supposed to start on September 3rd, so I'll start worrying about it on September 2nd. Right. And I, and I told you, I was like, I kind of envy that. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> pros there's, and cons. There's you know? pros and cons. Um, and I think also, too, I have an element of that procrastination gene, too, where it's like I thrive under pressure. Right. It's like if something's due the next day, I will produce like... I mean, I'm not to toot my own horn, but yeah, I'll do your best I can work. Yeah. Do a, amazing work yeah. under pressure where I don't have that same like motor when it's not urgent. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said just about like, I think it's a learned behavior. Totally. Because I think we do it from the time we're young. We're like, from the time you're in kindergarten, first grade, you have your homework, right? So it's yeah. like, you're, you, we've been trained our whole lives that there are these, like, there are these deadlines and there are these goals and whatever. And we all learn how we like, how that, you know, our coping mechanisms, how we deal with those situations. And I think that some of us, a lot of people, they kind of thrive in that like adrenaline based, like weird <laughs> space. Yeah. And mine's like, it's weird because I definitely feel you on the adrenaline based thing. Cause I've got some aspects of like that, but a lot of it is I can't have this on my radar now because that's going to cause me anxiety. So you you're, know? Be- you're better compartmentalized. I am. I'm a lot better. And it's funny that you were talking about the childhood thing because it didn't like click until you said that when I was like, I was, I was raised with a lot of promises that were not fulfilled. Right. And it was always like this dangling carrot of mm-hmm. these wonderful things that were going to happen in my life that never happened. And I think maybe I trained myself to like... Don't get too excited. Like, just stay calm until mm-hmm. the decision's made. Right. Don't overthink it until the decision's right. made. Have no emotional attachment until you have to make that decision. Right. And so, again, there's pros and cons to it, but it's like I, I can't... It's lessened my anxiety for sure, but then I do feel like super flighty in the moment because I feel underprepared when the time comes. So I think the bigger takeaway and lesson from all of this is the mindfulness component is if something, if if procrastinating is giving you anxiety, don't do that. (laughs) You know, but if, I mean, if it's something you can uh, work into your life in a way that's not like damaging, then that's okay. It's just like, let's just not Let's not obsess about things that aren't happening. Exactly. And that aren't happening yet. Like, it, things it's are so, so fluid. Mm-hmm. Things are so fluid. Like, everything's going to go, you know, like, according to plan and to stay in the moment and make the best decisions, like, in the moment. And you have to, like, it's such a domino effect. And sorry, this is another tangent, but we are, like, redoing our backyard. And, like, we have some projects going on. 
And we want to have this vision of what it's going to be. Right. And my husband was asking me like, well, what are we going to do with here? This. And I'm like, oh, I have no idea. I won't know that until this is done. Right. So like, I can't even like, no, I'm not going to shop on Amazon for that. I'm not going to like Pinterest this. I'm not like my mind is not there because I'm, I need to be here right now. And that's like a really dumb example, but like, I think speaks to the way that mindfulness works. Here is the best place to be. Amen. <laughs> Are you ready for some soul science? Yeah, she's or, looking at me like I'm talking too much. Or too. stay? No, I'm not. <laughs> I just am looking at you like I love you a lot because I had a glass of rosé. And let's just on this whole spot, we're unedited. So my love for you is shining through my eyes. I love you too. <laughs> All right, let's let's do it. Okay, so to stay on topic, today's tips come to us from mindful.org. And we have eight facts about mindfulness, and I hope this is helpful for everyone. Number one, mindfulness is not obscure or exotic. It is familiar to us because it's what we already do, how we already are. It takes many shapes and goes by many names. Good. And I think this is like, this can... I was thinking about this a lot because I talked to you about how I hate to do the dishes. Yeah, <laughs> but so I think I there's an element about if I'm mindful in that moment, my and my brain won't escape me because that's the problem I have. Is like I have a problem with mindlessness because yeah. my brain's always on a loop. Right. So I think if I am mindful about it, play classical music, just do it, and not get in my own head. Yeah, it's easier for me to complete the task. Totally. And that's just because I kind of, I'm wired in like an ADD kind of thinker brain, right? Where I'm just always thinking about stuff. So it's, well, it's, you're also a mom. it's, a, it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're a mom of two young kids. And yeah. it's like, I mean, I feel the same way where it's like, I, I can make this, try to make this experience joyful, right? right? That's part of like mindfulness too. It's like, okay, I'm going to be like aware of this and like, and have an intention and pay attention to it. I mean, how many times? Do we, do I like start making breakfast? And then I'm like, Oh, I think I sent the kids to school without giving them breakfast. Cause I totally forgot halfway through, you know? So, so yeah, I feel you on it. But I also think that, um, it's hard to stay in that sometimes when you get pulled away from it. So totally. Much. So you just have to find your tools. Yeah. You get your toolbox. Okay, number two. Mindfulness is not a special added thing we do. We already have the capacity to be present. It doesn't require us to change who we are. But we can cultivate these innate qualities with simple practices that are scientifically demonstrated to benefit ourselves, our loved ones, our friends, and our neighbors. The people we work with and the institutions and organizations we take part in. Number three. You don't need to change. Solutions that ask us to change who we are or become something we're not have failed us over and over Mm -hmm. again. Mindfulness recognizes and cultivates the best of who we are as human beings. I love that. That's that's my favorite because that's about being true to yourself, right? Okay, number four. Mindfulness has the potential to become a transformative social phenomenon. Number, you know what? I could go on and on about this, but the gist of this one is that when you are living in a state of mindfulness and our, our boy, Mark Williams was talking about Mm -hmm. this, how could this shift a society? 
it breeds kindness. It breeds compassion. Mm -hmm. It breeds joy because we are not focused anymore on ourselves or our end goal or all the shit that's in the back of our mind. We're focused on the person in front of us. Right. And like you let go a lot of the power struggles that take place and you let go a lot of the fear. You're seeing humans as humans. Mm -hmm. You're saying, please. And thank you. You are, you are present in the moment and that is a real life snowball effect. Totally. Right. Okay. I love that. Number five, anyone can do it. Mindfulness practice cultivates universal human qualities and does not require anyone to change their beliefs. Everyone can benefit and it's easy to learn. Number six, it's a way of living. Mindfulness is more than just a practice. It brings awareness and caring into everything we do and it cuts down needless stress. Number seven, it's evidence-based. We do not have to take mindfulness on faith. Both science and experience demonstrate demonstrate its positive benefits for our health, happiness, work, and relationships. I love that one. Yeah, it's great. Number eight, it sparks innovation. As we deal with our world's increasing complexity and uncertainty, mindfulness can lead us to effective, resilient, low-cost responses to to seemingly tough problems. All right. I love all of that. Me too. All right. Are you ready for some Ask the Medium? I am. Okay. Our first question comes to us from Julia in San Diego, and she asks, I've been connecting more with my intuition, but sometimes feel like I'm getting medium stuff. How do I know the difference? Ooh, I love that question. She probably is because when you're in kind of that state, you are getting things. You'll know because it doesn't feel like it's coming from you. So that's the best way I can describe it is that it feels like a flash or you're getting something and you're like, I'm a Disneyland, but it's not me. And it kind of feels like you can just start practicing like with your senses of how it feels. And when you're doing intuitive stuff, I mean, you know, our girl, Brit, our Reiki girl, love you, Brit, love you, Brit. Um, so she does Reiki. She's very intuitive and she does Reiki. And she always talks about like how spirits will come through during that time. She's not a trained medium, but she's open. Like those channels are open. So she gets a lot of stuff. She never gets anything medium mystic with me. By the really? Way. Isn't that funny? <laughs> There's just a wall up. <laughs> She's like, I think they just like are leaving you alone to like let you relax. I'm like, okay, you know that's really funny. It's actually really considerate. Yeah, so. Thank you so much, Spirit <laughs> World. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would say just play with it and have fun because you certainly are. And anytime you feel like you are, you are. Totally. You know? Okay, our next question comes to us from Tommy in Phoenix, Arizona. My wife just got me listening to your podcast and I'm starting to meditate. It's been awesome. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Wondering if you recommend listening to meditations and meditating when you're asleep. Oh, um, so I don't do that. So you, I'm sure you can. Do you? No, but remember I just told you about how I, I always try to meditate before bedtime and it does not work. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't <laughs> give you this advice earlier. <laughs> yeah. Like, speaking of medium mystic stuff, every time I meditate before bedtime, I get into a really weird medium place. And, like, it's not the best because I'm, I'm just literally too... giving him advice right now <laughs> that, like, you asked me about last week and, like, I didn't give you. Right. So thank you so much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's so weird. I didn't even put two and two together because, yeah. like, it feels more formal when it's, like, red like that. For sure. You know? Yeah. So I don't do that kind of for those reasons. But it's actually funny because 
I, I like meditating when I can be mindful. Right. So it's like, I think that that's part of the purpose because I feel connected. I use it for like stress release and anxiety and to serve others through like mediumship and intuition. So it's like, I have to kind of calm my brain down and, and clear my mind to do it. So I think if you have bad like insomnia or something and you need it to relax, I think you can do it like maybe a short guided meditation before you fall asleep. Um, I'm sure there's like crazy benefits um, to like maybe like listening to something if you're trying to like quit an addiction or something like that, like kind of like hypnosis. But um, I don't like I wouldn't recommend it, especially at the beginning. Like I love that he's getting into meditation, like kind of just like keep going on your journey and see what feels right. But falling asleep, like the brain is tricky and the mind is tricky. So um, I would say maybe just a short one at night to help you relax. There it is, Tommy. Thank you for your question because it was also my question. <laughs> it was <like> a totally <laughs> different answer. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, you guys, this has been a really great episode. I hope you benefited from it. I hope you can take this into your lives in this uncertain time. Yeah. Hashtag who knows when this will end. Right, but, but always it's like, just mindfulness. It's such a great lesson, yeah. right? Yeah. All right, Jen, where can they find you? Here, Here we, we go. go. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at the.soul.spot. Yes. Nailed it. Okay. You can find me on Instagram. It's my name at Nadia Thorman. And you can also follow my other podcast or listen is called Pop Town USA. Yay, we love you guys out. so much. Love you guys. Thank Thanks you for, for listening. listening. Bye. Bye.